3: Welcome to CEO Coach, I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Bread Approved, and CEO at Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Anne Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, author of Global Search Engine Marketing, and co-founder of the world's largest consortium of digital marketing companies. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Anne, what's on your mind today? Hi, Jillian.
4: I am very excited about our guest today. Marsha Zaruba O'Connor is CEO of the O'Connor Group, which is, broadly speaking, a human resources and staffing consultant, particularly for startups and small businesses, but so much more. Marsha, welcome to CEO Coach.
5: Thank you, Ann. I appreciate that.
4: I met Marcia at a Founders Roundtable put on by the Alliance of Women Entrepreneurs here in Philadelphia, an awesome, if I may say so, organization for women founders. Marcia, you led an outstanding discussion of hiring and benefits at that roundtable, and we invited you to tell our CEO coach listeners what you had to say about how to build your staff and compensate them when and what benefits to offer, and how startups need to think about planning protection f- from legal liabilities and staffing, especially in our current uh, #MeToo days. You were, I recall, equal parts encouragement, hard truths, and scary legally conversations. So, if you would uh, be so kind, um, we want to hear all about that. But first. Tell us a little bit about the O'Connor Group, how and why you started it, um, and how you built your own team. Uh, great.
5: Thanks, Ann. I appreciate that. Uh, nice introduction. So I have been in business for, I just passed 11-year anniversary, and um, we basically, as you had mentioned, we do outsourced HR, HR. and outsourced ac- talent acquisition. And in regards to the reason why, it's um, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, my son, who's now 17, was only six years old, and and asked me to spend more time with him because I was working so much doing business development at my prior job. And I said, you know, this is the time I can do something on my own, and I have enough connections, and I was doing this full-time anyway, and I decided to take the plunge, and I haven't looked back yet. And uh, I actually did it right before the recession started. So... I wouldn't recommend that for other people out there, but it I, it worked for me.
4: So can you talk a little bit, um, briefly summarize what exactly you do? I noted things like building a recruiting function, workforce planning, um, all the way up to onboarding, which seems like so much more than I would consider just what I would call a HR resources a staffing agency. Um, you, you expanded it a bit, did you not?
5: Anne, excellent question. Yes, we did. So I always ask people, um, they'll say to me, okay, what exactly do you do? And I'll say, it's very simple. Um, We either come in and create an either an HR or a recruiting function from scratch. We either fix a recruiting or an HR function, or we staff augment a function to help it become stronger and better. We're very much about efficiencies and process improvements. Our job is basically to work on the talent of a company and to help the CEO really focus on its product and what it's there for in the first place. And we basically streamline all these processes for them to make it very smooth, such as onboarding, compensation analysis, um, handbooks, HR audits, and they literally putting the entire function together from a piece of paper to everything even going on board online and tying it into their payroll financials. So it's a little bit of everything. And I tell people, like, you know, we take all different kinds of companies, but we really like going in and growing something from nothing um, because we really have, we figure out how to build the culture, how to have their core values, and, and we tie it all back into how they make money. And it's been it's been working so far so good.
4: Does that mean that um, your the best time for a company to contact you is right at the beginning, or can a company that's perhaps I don't know three years into it come to you? Um, I know you noted you said you create, fix, or augment. So um, where is your uh, the sweet spot for you working with a company?
5: Um, and right now, it's actually both areas. So I would say, say for example, in various sectors. In life science sector, I would say it's in the very beginning, because a lot of times these um, you know, drug development companies are getting off and having the venture capital background or the financing, and so they, they're very keen about getting that product out the door as soon as possible, but they have no infrastructure um, in the house. So we come in there and help them nuts and bolts, whereas professional services, a lot of times they already been working for two or three years. They have some pieces down, but now they're around 15 employees and they have no handbook. They have no structure. They have no true onboarding. So it's sort of like a mishmash. And they're really, they, well, I ask them like, do you, where do you keep your files, employee folders? And like, well, one person does this and one person does this. So it's literally all over the map. And I said, well, we'll <laughs> we're gonna help you streamline all of that so that you can actually focus on what you were originally hired for versus doing paperwork and benefits and enrollment, things
4: like that. So we'll take that off from them. And your leadership team appears to be mostly women. Was that intentional? Um, Another great
5: question. And, you know, ironically enough, um, I wouldn't say it was intentional. I would say a a lot of times I think um, women have the advantage a lot of times too of um, managing the household. So a lot of my my team are, are moms and a lot of them have to just find a way to make it all work and still put dinner on the table and so a lot of them very good at multitasking and um a a lot of them really have that good customer service we're all about people and we're all about listening and we're all about solving issues and all too um but we have been very fortunate too i mean our, our one guy toby has been phenomenal he too is a dad a new dad and um, he understands, you know, what it takes to the multitasking, the pieces. And he's phenomenal in customer service, but, you know, he, he doesn't have to fix everything. He really takes the time to listen to our customers and does a really nice job with that, too. But it wasn't on purpose. It just sort of just evolved that way.
4: So you're saying that uh, parenting skills are transferable into raising a business? I remember thinking that when I started uh, one of my businesses, and Jillian and I uh, both feel that way, having been parents and literally raised our children under the desks as we ran our businesses. Uh, Hey, Jillian, uh, Evans can still remember the color of the blanket, right? That he slept on.
3: And yeah. I just found Rand's blanket as well. I, oh, no <laughs> kidding, huh? <laughs> my eldest child. so... Yeah. Well,
4: before we end this session, let's turn this to um, uh, what are the best ways to find talent today and attract them into your startup. We've got a couple minutes left in this section. Um, first, are any of the hiring platforms worth worth it? Monster, Indeed, Glassdoor.
5: That's um, a great start-off question, in regards especially regarding the big top topic nowadays is talent. I, I would say um, two ways of looking about it. There are a variety of vehicles you can do out there. I am a big firm believer in Indeed. I'm also a big believer in LinkedIn. But lastly, I'm probably the biggest believer in, in referrals. And you know, I, I work with a lot of CEOs of mid-sized companies. I would say mid-sized, 100 employees or less and they will all say to me, well, I've been posting all over and people are applying. And I will look at them and say, okay, well, what's your recruiting strategy? And they look at you as if like, you have two heads and they don't have any. They just think basically by posting and praying that they're gonna get these people in. Well, I'm here to tell you that that doesn't happen. You really have to plan for it. You really have to figure out how many people you wanna have on board, who's part of the interviewing process, what exactly are you going to tell them? How's it going to work? How many interviews and all to you? When I hear a company is spending about 10 different interviews for just one position, I'm like, why? There's actually scientific evidence that shows that the same just five people come to the same conclusion as 10 people. You have to trust your team. And so I see all that. I mean, and most of these companies don't even have an employee referral bonus program in play. I don't understand why why you wouldn't want to have people hired very similar to other successful people that are working there and use your team to help you actually market on the outside. So it really comes down to a really strong recruiting strategy in order to be most effective with all these tools that are out there.
3: That makes really good sense. We had a very strong uh, referral bonus program at Moz years ago. I believe that holds to this day. Um, I think the simple thought there is that uh, the people who work for you are hanging out with people like themselves. And it will be good for corporate culture. It will be good for finding similar kinds of skill sets. Many of the people in your tech sectors, especially uh, in engineering teams, will be hanging out with folks who have complementary skills, not necessarily similar skills. And that's the kind of stuff you need to augment your team. So uh, the folks you have probably know the folks you need. That makes it very interesting. At the same time. Um, I did want to spend a little time about the concept of corporate culture becoming the next excuse for exclusionary hiring practices. Well,
4: Jillian, can we take that up after the break? Because you know those sponsors, they want to have their say.
3: And they should. We are grateful to all of them. So let's take a break here at CEO Coach. And when we come back, let's talk about this concept, about which we're reading a lot of articles lately that talk about Is culture the next excuse for exclusionary hiring or not? This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. We'll be right back.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be and they can make top ranking a reality.
0: WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com.
2: We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
4: Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about what every startup needs to know to build their staff successfully as they grow. Marsha Zaruba O'Connor is CEO of the O'Connor Group and the founder, and she's based here in the Philly area. And before uh, the break, we were talking about how to recruit, how to have help your, um, that your employees are often great referrals. But, Jillian, you just got into something interesting just before that, and I wonder uh, if you and Marcia could you know, tease this apart about the culture yeah. and the culture fit and all of that.
3: Yeah, I mean, to be really blunt, people are saying this idea of culture alignment is really about being exclusionary. It's another way to uh, restrict who you hire to people who are only like yourself. Ann and I are uh, you know, working deeply in the investment world these days, and we kind of run, don't walk unless we see diverse founding teams. We look for gender diversities, ethnic diversities, age diversities, all kinds of things because it actually makes companies stronger. When you come to problems from different angles and experiences in life, you're able to, as Anne just said, Tease it out more quickly, and this makes companies more resilient. And we are consistently seeing the reports come in from the long-term, uh, long-standing and very large uh, venture capital firms, as well as in the public sector, that when you do these things, have diverse leadership teams that then replicate a diverse workforce. These companies are more resilient in tough times. And more importantly, they return a higher ROI to their investors. And that's why the reports are coming in. So as we look at all of these things, from financial health to social health to this concept of culture, how do you manage that, Marcia? And what are your thoughts on that?
5: Oh, my gosh, Jillian. I am a humongous believer in culture. Actually, it's all over our office. It's all over our website and all, too. And, you know, we have four um, things that basically summarize who we are. And I'm very anal about making sure that we hire those people that fit all four qualities. And when we go to a client, you know, we'll ask those questions uh, specifically like, okay, what are you hiring? What are your your core values? And then basically when you hear a ho-hum and um, I'm not really sure, we really have to go back to basics with them and say, okay, well, let's really get that year down because that's really important to really setting a recruiting strategy where they're going. I do believe that more and more people are starting to get it, uh, but there are some people that are still slow to get on the bandwagon with it and then we're here to push them and say listen you have to be on that in order to hire the people and if you really look at the trends that people are why someone joins a company one of them is really mission and that mission is so big and I think that mission should really tie into the core values of a company as well of why you're spending all that time and you know the new generation coming out I mean the newest generation hitting the marketplace of disease and disease are very very finicky in regards to saying, like, listen, I'm not going to go to a place that I don't believe in. So I try to tell all my clients now, like, listen, if you don't have this, like, you need this because it's coming, and you think hiring is going to be difficult now, it's going to get worse. And so how do you differentiate, differentiate yourself out there? It's very simple. Your core values have to tie into your hiring. That has to tie into your recruiting strategy, and that's going to tie into your bottom
3: line that makes sense so what you're saying is no culture is really not equated with hiring only white males or Hispanic females or what have you culture is equated with aligning with a mission not human types would that be correct that is correct exactly yes and you know I've heard before (laughs) good so I was gonna say in that case If the folks that you have on board now um, are going to be referring in folks uh, that they know and hang out with, right? Does that again restrict a mixing of uh, ethnicities, race, uh, age groups, and even uh, political alignments, and so on, as we are so terribly uh, diverged, uh, diverse in our uh, thinking these days in the United States, where so many com- uh, countries uh, don't have that kind of issue. You know, it's a little left, a little right. It's it's very tiny. Here, the swing is tremendous. So even in terms of politics these days, we look at that as a form of diversity. My question, then, is how do you get the folks who are working in your office to bring in a broader variety of folks? Is it that you literally teach them, uh, you know, that as you go out and you think who would be great to work here, do they align with our mission, with our goals, with our service uh, processes, and so on, and thereby encourage them not to think about these other issues?
5: And I am all about hiring the right person for the right job, and it's very simple because my team feels that way too. And so we we don't look. I know, I have no idea sometimes about even their background. I mean, I know their family, but I think it's it's more important. We're national now, and you know I I'm more about the fit and making sure the people coming on board hit our four core values. That to me is more important, and um, you know I'm not going to hire because of that or. I, matter of fact one of my first hires, I didn't meet for an entire year. and um and she has an an indian background and and she's phenomenal. And I didn't know that, you know, and I was I didn't care. I cared about the fact that she could do the job, and she did it very well. And she's still with me today. and And I think we should be looking at it as basically hiring the right skills for the job period
4: so uh, th- it's clear that uh, you have very strong, um, mission and what you, how you feel you want to run your company. Is this the kind of thing that you consult? Do you, you take this to your clients and say, "This is the way you should do this," and here's why?
5: It is, but again, keep in mind, not each one is in a cookie cutter kind of place. It, it's very customized for that um, that leader because you have to figure out what that leader is, what they're made of, where they're going. And they need to be on board with it, because if they're not, you, you can talk them until you're blue in the face. It's not going to go anywhere. So you need to work with people and the CEOs that really understand, like, I, I really want to make a change. I really think this is where we need to go. And, and, and you start putting all those pieces in play. And you start working with them and having them even work with, like, a business coach as to, like, where's your accountability chart? Are these people really doing what they're supposed to be doing? You might have to let go of people if they're not, Keep talking about them all the time. So, you, we're here to direct and help lead them through the process, um, but like I said, our biggest thing is actually helping them on both the HR side and the recruiting side of the house. But I do believe if you do hire the, rest, the best people, your turnover goes lower, you have happier people, you have less illness at work, and it's just it just blends so much nicer. And we usually have proof behind them. I'm a big metrics person. So I always show them the numbers that go along with it. And um, it's pretty amazing how it all really does tie together with a nice magic sauce.
4: Yeah. So um, I think it's astonishingly we are running out of time in this segment. But um, since we've veered on to when things go sideways or south, I remember you gave a really good discussion about when and how to let people go and you know how soon and, uh, what what is what do you advise your clients on that if they didn't if find they didn't make the right hire?
5: So um, one of the things we always tell um, when you have somebody coming on board is we do 30, 60 90 day check-ins and they're very, very important to make sure that not only, did you hire the right person that you're happy with what they're getting, but also, too, they feel like they're being listened to. There has been instances where I've had conversations with people where right away, even all the best interviewing you can do, you find out that this person, they're not really happy. It's a whole different kind of technique of working. Consulting is a very different beer than just typical HR. Very different and everybody will say I can do it and sometimes you can't and you can't figure it out in regards to going to a client to a client to a client and and really growing a client and so sometimes you have to basically have that conversation but you have to be um, civilized about it you have to basically treat them with respect and I try to move it pretty quickly so usually within four weeks I will have that conversation and if it doesn't go well you know I'm not afraid to say I will help you get another job I won't leave you out there by yourself and stranded and all too but you need to do it civilized. A lot of CEOs are so afraid of having that eye-to-eye conversation. They always just push it back on HR. I always say, be, have HR in the room, you know, too, but, you know, there's a certain way of doing it where it's respectful versus being so cold and so um, negative looking out there. And it doesn't have to be. So it's it's fascinating, but I do believe um, there is an easier way of doing it. But the sooner you do it, the better. because you know, talent costs money all the way around. And if it's not working and you still know it's not working, you can't just – it's not just that it should go away. You think someone's going to quit. There's, most of the time they don't even know they're doing a bad job, so you're having these conversations with them. And once you start having these conversations and documenting it and all too, and you realize like this probably isn't the right fit for you, you know, if you come to a conclusion. It doesn't always work, but I would say 90% of the time it does. And are there –
4: could, is it possible in the remaining half a minute we have now to, in this segment to uh, summarize the legal concerns around letting somebody go, or is that a topic for a whole, whole other episode?
5: Um, probably a whole topic for the opposite, but I would just say depending on what state you live, just make sure you know the state laws. I always say, I'll tell people too, like, you know, working with an employment attorney is also key just to make sure you're doing everything right, and, you know, it, you do have the, the right to fire, and again if you have the documentation and you know you're working with them and they're still not picking up and you're trying to make some accommodations for them at all too you know it's a two-way street you can't just make somebody do something they're not capable really of doing and you want to make sure that you do it the right way but you know just be really open and like I said have the 30, 60, 90 day conversation and then you know have you know basically put them on a PIP a performance improvement plan get them to the next level Make sure your employment attorney is involved and all, too. And, you know, just do the right thing. A lot of times people always pay a lot of severance, and I always ask, why? What are you so afraid of when you've been working with this person? It's still not working out, and it's basically the person's not doing their job, and you're documenting, and you have proof of it. So you shouldn't be afraid to do it, but with society today, everybody's so afraid of letting somebody go in the wrong spot. And, unfortunately, you spend so much time talking about how that person's not doing their job. So, it, and more likely, they're not doing their job and they know it too. So, it's, it's again, treat them with respect um, and, and they do it and do it sooner than later because if not, it's going to be a problem two, three years on the road.
4: And the problems only cost more money as they ripen right yeah. yeah we have to take another break now for our sponsors and then we'll come back with some of Marsha zaruba o'connor's top tips for recruiting the talent that you need to build your workforce as your startup grows this is ceo coach and we'll be right back
2: more on how to get your business on the web with ceo coach after this Content Marketing World 2018 comes to Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Learn more at contentmarketingworld.com. Content Marketing World 2018 is the one event where you will learn and network with the best and brightest in the content marketing industry. Content Marketing World will have over 120 sessions and workshops presented by the leading brand marketers and experts from around the world, covering strategy, storytelling, ROI, demand generation, AI, and more. Leave Cleveland with all the materials you need to build a content marketing plan that will grow your business and inspire your audience. Save $100 off of registration using promo code radio One. 100. That's radio and the number 100. Don't miss Content Marketing World 2018 in Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Register now at contentmarketingworld.com. email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now we're back with julian music and ann kennedy on ceo coach only on webmasterradio.fm
4: Welcome back to CEO Coach. We've been talking today with Marcia Zaruba O'Connor, the CEO of the O'Connor Group, about some really top-level important considerations in recruiting for your company. You know, we like to leave our listeners, um, Marcia, with uh, some real actionable tips, and I wonder if you could uh, share your top three tips uh, for startups.
5: Um, Absolutely. Number one, uh, keep in mind that don't just rely on one person to do all your recruiting. You really have to empower your team that they're all recruiters for you and that we're working it together. So I'm going to need help from the entire team to help doing this recruiting and get the word out there. I think a lot of times, you know, CEOs will just focus on one person and this is my recruiting department. You keep in mind when you're a small department, you're growing all together. So we're all the recruiting department and we're all tied in together. So number one would be that. Number two is basically I know everybody gets really busy when starting a company and you know time is of essence and all too. But I do believe if you help others, they're gonna help you. And I always spend the time at least helping like, you know, probably about five to ten people a week and just helping them with a name or contact. Something that probably has nothing to do with my business, nothing at all. But I do know that not only that goodwill goes out there in the marketplace, that they remember you, they refer you, and you know what? It's that goodwill, that good marketing that they're doing for you already that comes back to you in speed. So always, to me, it's like helping others first before um, they help you. It does pay off. And then lastly, a simple thing of telling your team, thank you. I can't tell you enough, a lot of times they get, can be a little egoistic out there and they think no one's as smart as them because they started the business and everything else. Your team's working just as hard in trying to help you be successful out there. So try to remember to say thank you a lot more than you're used to because, again, they're not used to hearing it. And the small thank yous, just having a little note on their desk coming into means way more than a bonus because it feel, you took the time to acknowledge them.
4: You Those know, my it's, three top tips. that's great. It, I could just illustrate the last one. I walked into a um, an SEO agency here uh, called Sear Interactive run by a very good friend of Jillian's and mine, Will Reynolds. And mm-hmm. I noticed um, as I was being shown around that they had these these clipped trees like clothespins. And they had stacks of notes on them. And people would write Thank you notes to other people in the company, especially, you know, managers would write thank you notes to some of their teams and leave them on their desks. And this was like a regular activity in the in the company. And um, and no wonder he has one hundred and fifty plus devoted employees over there. <laughs> so,
3: right. right. I would exactly. agree. Bosses get big headed and leaders acknowledge the value of the team that uh, kind of brings them to the, you know, to the top of the game. So that would be the difference.
4: So, Marcia, this has been really informative and fascinating, and we never did even get to benefits and compensation, um, and the legal stuff. So, I think uh, you know we're gonna have to ask you to come back and do it again sometime. But meanwhile, before we go, you know, please feel free to tell our listeners how to find you if they want to know more about the O'Connor Group.
5: Oh, thank you so much, and I appreciate that. Yes, you can find us online. Our website is www. Um, six letters: T O C G R P dot com, and uh, we're out, we're based out in King of Prussia, and uh, if you're ever on um, in the Renaissance um, Industrial Complex, we're actually sit- situated out there, so feel free to stop by anytime.
4: I believe you said though that you are a national company now. Um, these are this is your uh, plan for the O'Connor Group
5: yeah, so we plan so we actually have um, we have an employee actually based out in um, Nevada in Montana and Florida. And we plan on taking it really next up, probably more so to New York as well as New Jersey, northern New Jersey. Um, we're getting a lot of work out of there. So we're trying to take it more of national but actually having more of a presence in those locations. So that is on the agenda to move forward since now we have a, a process and plan behind the scenes. Um, so yeah we're really excited about that actually that's that's on the
4: horizon for next year yes well that's great Uh, we want to thank you for joining us on CEO Coach thank
5: you so much for having me today this is great I love talking about this stuff and you guys are bringing a great source of information to the table so thank you
4: you are most welcome And that's it for this episode of CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach. And at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. And by the way, it's free. You can find links and more on our Facebook page, which is called CEO Coach Podcast. Do stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at OutlinesVenture.com. Till next time.